Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. Late night here. Late night recording. Thanksgiving week. There's a lot going on. We have FF Coach Dan, Dan Lamagna. And why are we recording at 10 o'clock? Because Coach Dan was doing some coaching. What's up, Dan? Man, I appreciate my teammates here, John and Mitch, you know, taking one for the team, going a little bit later as I had to coach my little man's basketball game. But it's great to be here. You know, it's crunch time in our fantasy football world here for our dynasty teams. So excited about that. A little bit upset that, you know, my boy Amari Cooper just does what he wants to do and is out two games. So I'm I'm still, you know, licking some my wounds. But otherwise, guys, uh, ready to roll. Amari, Amari, Amari. And then, of course, Dan is still like in the one league Dan offered with me and you would have thought he was offering me Jerry Rice in his prime. <laughs> the asking price. I'm like, I mean, I'm getting the same news that you are, man. I'm, I, I'm not paying that right now. I'm missing the next two weeks. But anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. We're also joined by Mitch Swords, and that's at DynamoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on? I am shocked Dan didn't lead off with Jer- Jason Garrett being fired. I thought oh, that was yeah. going to be like the one thing when Dan was like, I told you. I told you this wasn't going to work out. Lo and behold, Dan was right. Yeah, it didn't take. Well, I mean, it kind of took longer than I expected. We're sitting here going into week 12. And I mean, this isn't this wasn't on the docket tonight, but. I think people are going to have that expectation. And Dan, I, I know you say in jest a little bit, but there was that excitement like, oh, Kadarius Tony, rocket to the moon. Da, 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 da. I mean, it's not, I mean, Freddie Kitchens is stepping in. And it's like, yeah, we saw a little bit of razzle dazzle there in Cleveland, but are we really going to see a complete 180 in a short period of time? I, I doubt it. You never know. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. I, I mean, the clapper Agreed. is so uncreative, you know, he, you know, the way he's just rotating players and then Kyle Rudolph and Slayton are like taking Galladay and Tony off the field. And I mean, it's just any decent offensive coordinator. What a gift to have Saquon Barkley. You got Kenny Galladay. You got Tony. I mean, you got talent. I mean, Ingram's just invisible in the offense right mm-hmm. now. So I'm really interested just to see any uptick in any of these players. And we'll see if Mitch's boy Daniel Jones can kind of turn things around here. That schedule lightens up a lot. I mean, if we just get four weeks, I'll be happy. A good four-week sample right here. I love how we're saying, and everybody's saying it, oh, look at the Eagles. Their schedule lightens up. The Giants, it lightens up. The Cowboys, Washington. It's because they're all playing each other. That's why it's lightening up. We like that. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting, though, in stretch. That is going to be, I think, one of the more entertaining divisions. But anyway, we do have some fantasy-relevant things we want to talk about. And this isn't a matter of do we agree with trade deadlines or not? Because I know anytime it's mentioned, somebody jumps in, JB, there shouldn't be trade deadlines. And I agree. I I agree. But the fact of the matter is there are trade deadlines in our dynasty leagues. And we got to talk about them a little bit. But I wanted to kick things off tonight. Kind of just like a fun little trade deadline discussion vent session talk about the pet peeves pros and cons whatever you guys want to talk about mitch you're already laughing and i 
I want to start with you, but maybe you'll steal some of my thunder and you can bring me down a little bit here. I'm not going to steal any of it because this originally wasn't on the show notes for anybody listening. It wasn't. John tried to make some trades today and may have got a little bit flustered. So this is really just <laughs> a more of a John wants to explain what should happen at trade deadlines kind of situation. And I'm just here to listen, really. It's it blows my mind because there are managers that you know they disappear throughout stretches of the dynasty calendar, and that again we always talk about it. That's understandable because everybody is not a complete degenerate like us, and everybody that's in our <laughs> Discord and in the Patreon. But the trade deadline is a time where the activity level picks up, and if you're not engaged, you can really fall behind the eight ball and. If you're not engaged at the trade deadline, you're probably behind the eight ball already, as is. But I don't know about you guys. And, and Dan, I know you were kind of busy today, so maybe you weren't really out there in the, the My Fantasy League streets, so to speak, because, you know, trading is locked until Tuesday every week. So we finally got to venture out there and offer some trades. But I'm either not getting responses. I'm either getting an offer. I counter and then no response. Somebody in the chat saying, oh, yeah, I'm interested. And then the biggest thing I'm seeing, and, and I, I vented about this in the Discord a little bit, when people are wavering already before you even throw an offer over, yeah, Dan, I'm I'm kind of interested in Amari Cooper. If the price is right, yeah, throw something over and we'll see. You know it's dead in the water right there. And it, it just drives me nuts. And there have been several times where I might read a message and I'm like, I can already tell how this is going to go. I'm, I'm blasting uh, uh, messages out in every group chat. Hey, if you're not contending, let me know. Let me know if there's anything we can do. If you are contending, my team's in the crapper this year. What can we work out? But there are times that it just isn't happening. I would say that's happening more often than not, Dan. I don't know. Like I said, you seem kind of busy today, had a lot going on. Were you able to get out there at all, offer some trades? No one today was busy. I just tried to kind of hang in the game. I'm off of work tomorrow, so tomorrow's going to be big trade you know, day for, for me. But I saw a little, maybe a, like a slight uptick in like the group me's today. And if someone was saying, hey, I want to trade this guy or this guy's on the block or we might have had one or two announcements. Hey, it's trade deadline week in this league. So I would at least either like, comment. So just hoping they at least know, hey, Dan's here. Although they probably know that because I've been here for 17 weeks, just like you two. You know, and to me, John, like I've been a little disappointed for 17 weeks. And, and I say 17 because I'm saying like this is week 12. I'm counting the preseason, which we were super active. And I look at certain league standings and you could tell. there. I mean, there are just those teams that just aren't aren't trading and then we got a couple of regulars that that are you know there are go-tos you know and you know I, I i'm in some leagues with you guys even sometimes i'm like all right do i want to go down that road with john this week but the good news is i know john will always talk trade if i ask like he, he's he's there he's not gone he's not disappeared he's there but uh yeah so the, i guess with the trade deadline though jb you would hope for a little uptick. So even though you know i've been at this for 17 weeks like everybody in in our discord and patreon uh, I would hope for a little more of an uptick than we're getting. I have some league mates that I know if I put a, a player on the block, I'm getting an offer. 
it doesn't matter what the players, it might not even be a player. It might be like a completely, you know, inanimate object that is just like complete nonsense. And I know that that manager A is sending me an offer and I've reached out to some managers and I'm like, Hey, like I'm shopping around and you and I have dealt with each other constantly. Let me try to get involved with some other managers here. Nothing against you, but I'm sick of you right now. And I feel like Mitch and I, we, we get to that point sometimes where it's like, okay, there's nothing really here. I'm going to venture out and, and test the waters. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'll play a little bit on the devil's advocate side right here, just because I haven't found a lot of players that I want to trade for right now is my problem yeah. that rebuilding teams don't want. Cause like, of course we all want T Higgins. We all want the younger wide receivers and the younger running backs. So I'm going out, I'm looking for veterans. Like I don't want to get Adam Thielen anymore in my teams. Right. Julio is as far as I'm concerned, he might as well not be in the league anymore because he's not going to be on my teams. I don't want Odell. I don't want Foreman or any of these tier running backs that are there right now. And Wait, so, didn't I see a message pop up today that you acquired Deontay I Foreman? Had to for a third round pick. I know. I don't want to, but that's like the whole thing. And believe it or not, we've been sending that back and forth for like two weeks. It was finally took an Adrian Peterson being cut for him right. to be like, fine, I'll take him. And I don't have a starting running back on that roster right now. I still don't Dante, really. Deontay Foreman for a third is like the the climb the climax of the NFL actual trade deadline. Like we were all <laughs> hoping for those big trades, happen. and you end up with just with just that. Yeah. So looking at the the actual trade deadline, I again this is just kind of like an open forum, and clearly I have more things on my mind. Yes, than you the do. two of you. Dan's thinking about coaching his kids' basketball team. Mitch is thinking about you know hunting and I, I don't uh, what's the What's the show or game? Arcane? Arcane's amazing. Everyone knows what Arcane is. It's an awesome show on Netflix. Yeah, I, I'm not up my alley. But anyway, so I'm thinking about the trade deadlines. And it, it's a sickness. It really is. And I, I was running through just, you know, thinking about things. And I feel like there's certain pros and cons of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It puts pressures on managers to make a decision. You got to get through those tough choices. There are certain teams that I have, and several of them were – through 11 weeks, I'm five and six, six and five, even seven and four, but I'm set like a week, seven and four. And I'm in sixth place on the, on the cusp there to make the playoffs. And like I said, it puts pressure on you. Do I want to make a move? Do I want to put myself in a better position, but am I truly a contender? And we've talked about that countless times throughout. I don't even know how many episodes, but it, when there's no trade deadline, it gives you that extra window mm-hmm. and more time okay, now I'm in the semifinals, no trade deadline. I'm one game away from the finals. Now I'm going to make that move. Um, you know, I, I think the trade deadline, it benefits people that are prepared and that plan ahead. I truly believe that. If I'm looking at my roster and, I, I you know, it, it, there's a lot of times when people are looking at their lineups and it's like, okay, I have Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and then you look at the rest of the running backs. It's like, there's not much there. God forbid anything happens to one of those two running backs or any starting running back or you know player for that matter. But now you're in a situation you don't have the depth. I feel like that's something that people aren't really preparing for, even though it's been talked about so much. Uh, you know, So those are the two things that can really be an advantage to people like us that, are, again, just active and just on top of things and changing values. And things like that. Yeah. 
What I hope is the deadline opens the window to get a few more players into the the trade bubble here in the in this final week in leagues that this is the deadline this week. You know, Mitch's point. So we we're active for all these weeks, but at this point in the year, we we know the market. We know where guys are. You know who you don't want. You know who you do want, but there's just no way you're getting them. So, okay, you've been playing that game and you just you make a splash here or there. You try to be strategic, but now that's it. So as you're saying, JB, we're looking at our rosters and we see those rosters that are, you know, six and five, seven and four. That, hey, all we have to do is get to the dance. Now I'm zeroing in. Now I'm saying, okay, I, I know this is my last chance, whether this league's active or not. I'm going to even be a little bit more aggressive and say, hey, what do I need on this roster? I really got to get a tight end to be up to snuff at that position. I'm pretty strong somewhere else or running backs are thin. Now's the time. So, okay, hey, is now when I finally do push to move that draft capital to get that contender where it needs to be? Or is now the time where, you know what, I need to get that draft capital because that guy in contention, this is going to be the the window to make a move. And it might not even be a huge splash play, you know, talking about a Christian McCaffrey or name like that. Maybe it's you go out and get a Deontay Foreman like Mitch did and Alex Collins. Uh, heck, this is for our boy Zeb. Cole Beasley, maybe. Who you know, just a player that's going to give you that production that's not going to really hinder your longer term aspirations when you're looking at your dynasty team that can help put you over the edge. And I know it's crazy to think that a player that I, the names I just mentioned, are going to put you over the edge, but it's a heck of a lot better than getting stuck with. I don't even know uh, somebody that could potentially put up a goose egg just because you're throwing a name in. Uh, Devontae Freeman could be another name if you're looking for a depth running back. So I, Mitch, I think you made a good point that there aren't a lot of like, if I'm rebuilding, who am I looking to go out and acquire that? Like you said, that everybody else isn't high on. And that's really challenging for me, especially I have had more success in general, but specifically today, I think no joke. I think I've put out a hundred offers today, at least throughout various leagues. And when you're looking at that, the, the ones that I've had a little bit more luck is whenever I am more on the contender side, Yep. because when I'm rebuilding also, like, I think when I am rebuilding or at least towards the bottom of the standings and I have, let's say a Travis Kelsey and tight end premium, I'm going to try to price gouge you a little bit. And it, admittedly, I, I do it. Mitch, what do I call it? contender tax or something like that yes i and, and you get so irritated with me but oh, I, I always do, do it because i think you charge me like triple any, everybody else well if 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 the market's there and you keep paying it that's the price that's, that's, that's the true. price of admission baby so i'm sorry um <laughs> but, but yeah of course because I, i'm putting like in my mind i have the leverage now it gets a little tricky when you have a player that you think could lose value once this offseason hits and that's kind of when we go back to names like a, a Freeman uh, and Alex Collins. What is their value after the season? Probably close to nothing. Good, good, uh, good point. And don't make the mistake I did with Mitch. And, and I, I got too cute a week ago. You know, I had a bunch of backup quarterbacks. We've seen all these quarterback injuries and things happening. And Colt McCoy and and was it Tim Boyle? Is that, is that the Detroit yeah, I guy? I think it was Tim Boyle. Pretty sure you, it was. You know, so, so we have all these quarterbacks. Huntley. So Mitch is like, okay, I need a quarterback this week. Uh, Tim Boyle, my offer, what I put out in the chat was I'm looking for, I think, Fab and a pick or, or a player. And 
Mitch hit me up with a fab and a player. Now, unfortunately, I would have took the one offer. It was fab and Tevin Coleman, but I already had Tevin Coleman on my roster because it was a duplicate league. Yep. Uh, I'm was like, a- oh, Mitch, that would have been a good one. I was I didn't like the other guy in the other one. So I countered and I countered to Steve JB. But my thought was like I wanted like Moster in a fourth or something and 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 the fab because you know I like fab. I gotta stay on brand. Yep. But my thought was, hey, Mitchell at least counter. Instead, Mitch just got out of the game and went somewhere yep. else. And I was I'm like, done. it was dead in the water. So I so I, I got too greedy. That contender t- tax, I must have took your strategy, John, and it backfired. And that is the fine, fine line you have to walk whenever you're in these situations. Or, you know, I, a month ago on our show, we talked about the, what do we call it? The value vulture and the championship chaser. I feel like a majority of dynasty managers, at least that are active right now, are more s- still towards that value side. Mm-hmm. I, I tr- try to move Dalvin Cook. Try. It oh, is can. nearly yeah. impossible. And I have him on a few teams that things just haven't gone as planned. And again, you're trying to max out value, but then it's like, do you, especially with him because of the potential off the field things, but then he's an older running back. Uh, what do we see his value being in the off season? Should I just cash out now? And then one thing that I'm seeing, and I know that there's a lot, a lot of things being thrown at you, but this is the way my mind's been working today. Just nonstop. Just, all right, let me check this league. Let me check champions league. Let me check. The one league is called league of legends. That's right at Mitch's alley. But the the players like a Tim Boyle, you got a little, little greedy Dan. And then it's like, would you rather hang on to a player like that out of spite almost like uh, we tried to acquire Mark Ingram off yep. of Scott Connor from dynasty and chill. And then he and I were messaging. He said, Hey, was it you or Mitch? Cause it's a co-managed league. He said, was it you or Mitch reject my offer so quickly? And I was like, it was me. As soon as it came through, I was like, nope, nope, nope. And then he said, like, I would rather hold on to him and just let him die on my team than give him to you guys <laughs> at, at the price you're looking. And I, I told him, I said, I would do the same. You know, so it's always walking that fine line and trying to figure out what your trade partner is willing to part with or what that price is. But, yeah, we, we have until, what, noon on Thursday – for anybody in the safe leagues. And I know a lot of our listeners, they take part uh, a lot of leagues that kind of replicate those rules and settings. It's kickoff of week 12, essentially. So this is it. This is the last two run those leagues. And then Mitch, I was saying to you, oh, I feel like we should incorporate a few other things into the show tonight. And you're like, let's just stick to trade deadline because we're going every two weeks. By the time we record again, more trade deadlines are going to pass. Yeah. Without a doubt. One thing I did want to mention though, because we've been talking a lot about contenders and I think on rebuilding teams right now, the move to make that no one really wants to is to get out of any younger players that can lose value. Like for instance, there's, you're going to say the name one later. I'm not going to bring up him up yet, but I'll bring up one from like previous years, like LaVisca Chanel, right? Huge last year. And it was all potential. Uh, Brian Edwards last year, all yep. potential. And you've had multiple times to get out of these players. There's one I'll be bringing up later in the show that I'm adamant about that you should get rid of him now. And it's, actually, uh, wait, I get, is it Terrace Marshall? It is. Yep. It, and again, I say this every time, but that's how we are so mm-hmm. in sync here. Because I, I don't see your notes, but I have been trying. And we'll get into that more later. I don't want to steal your thunder here too much. But, um, but I'm, I'm again, other thoughts that that I had 
da, da, da. like okay if you're contending just, the easiest thing it's low-hanging fruit try to reach out to the teams at the bottom of the standings and i know i talked about that already it's like okay some of these teams have checked out but just try i mean that's why mitch reaches out to me whenever i'm in dead last in some leagues he's, he's like all right jb will respond it's true it, it's true if you're at the bottom of the standings and you have an adam thielen or you know any veteran that could potentially return value to a contender reach out to the teams at the top of your standings i i can't tell you how many times and i know this sounds obvious but i can't tell you how many times uh i'll just say dan for example dan reaches out to me hey jb what do you want for dak prescott well dan i'm in second place here dak's my number one quarterback here why am i going to do that and it happens all the time and sometimes it's just hey i'm throwing feelers out okay Mm -hmm. it doesn't work and that happened with me today earlier somebody reached out because i put some players in the block and he said hey uh you know just trying to get a feeler here and i said you and i are pretty much trying to do the same exact thing it's not going to make sense i was trying to package a rob and robert woods together and this other guy was a contender and he's like yep not gonna work boom done that was it and i even kind of like mentioned that as a uh a way to handle discussions like that in our discord because i thought it was handled very nicely and it was efficient uh that's good thinking i like where you're going with that and i think the last few weeks i've been trying to do more of that because teams like you know where you stand at this point those teams at the bottom bottom four bottom five again depending on the league i know they got to be looking towards next year what players do they have on their rosters that could help me contend now that i could obtain now that i could not have possibly obtained Mm -hmm. six seven eight weeks ago and then those teams at the top that are contending Hey, they're looking for pieces. They have a different perspective. So I think it's definitely good. My only pet peeve, JB and Mitch, is when these teams, like I'll throw five, six offers out to five, six different teams. I got an angle. I got a view. And they don't even want to negotiate. And that's I'm talking about when it's fair. I'm not talking one of those like Dan Lowball offers. I'm talking like I'm really concentrating on this day and I'm really trying to put out good offers and I know they're fair. And they'll either let the trade sit out there for a week they might not even answer it in seven days. So then yeah. I got to re- revoke it before the games come. Or it's just like, I don't know, like just, man, Todd trade. Well, like, how could you be so content with your roster for so long? That's a head scratcher to me. I will say, though, and as I'm going vent, 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 I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. Oh. And this happened earlier. Somebody that I, I talked to a lot, we, we connected, we're talking about a trade potentially. And they offered me something. and. It was a it was a fair deal. It was fine, but again, not what I was looking to do with my team. And I looked for a counter, and there were really no players that made sense. Uh, it, it was kind of an older roster, veterans or pieces that I just wouldn't feel comfortable paying up for, given the situation of my team. So there are times that I, I am if if you reject an offer, I can live with that a heck of a lot more than ignoring it, it right? ignoring it yeah if you just reject it and move on great <laughs> at least i know you're still paying attention to the league yeah i'm still pouting that i just can't get tommy tremble in a couple spots and he's averaging like you know mitch is making fun of me for playing him in dfs and he's getting like three points a game although his routes run have been up in recent weeks but I, I i don't know how hard is we're, it to trade tommy tremble john come on we're we're waiting for the trembling the big tremble. we get those little rumbles every once in a while but Maybe it's going to happen eventually. But man, Mitch, who would you rather have? Dynasty, 
Tommy Tremble or Pat Fryermuth? Because I don't know. It's close. Yeah, I don't. It has to be Tremble, right? I mean. <laughs> hey, just remember A-Rob in Hollywood. You know, for this year, you're right, JB. But you never know what next year's going to bring. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Okay. Now, this is hopefully for, for you two based on specific situations. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about specific moves that you yourself have either made or attempted to make. The state of your team the player you're looking to acquire or players, and then the player or picks that you're looking to move and just kind of give a rundown because I think it could spark good conversation. You know, oftentimes one of you will mention something and the light bulb goes off over here. So I I think that could, could potentially happen here. And then I think it's just going to spark some ideas for the listeners. You know, I didn't think about that player or I don't like that guy, but he's on my roster, but John's saying he might be interested in him. Maybe there is a market for him. So I, I hopefully that can spark some ideas here. So let me, since we've already talked about Terrace Marshall, the reason why I'm bringing him up is Cam Newton looks like he's going to be the star for the rest, of the rest of this year. More than likely with their cap situation, they could try to bring someone else in, but I'm just going to go with a 50% chance it is Cam next year too. They're already talking I, about it. Yeah, I trust Cam f- to feed one wide receiver. And then you still have Christian McCaffrey, right? So DJ Moore, I still like. Christian McCaffrey, I still like. I don't care who else is on that roster. I just can't trust that Cam is going to be able to make them fantasy relevant. And so while there's going to be some people that's going to be saying, hey, Robbie Anderson, you know, he's going to fall down the depth chart and then Terrace Marshall is going to take over and he's going to be the number two. And so he's finally going to pay off that draft capital that we paid back in May for him. My opinion, we are never going to see that value again. So if anyone offered me, you know, I was picking him pretty early in the second of last year's rookie A lot drafts. of people were. I'm guilty of it. Yeah, if someone offered me any second at all, I would accept it. I wouldn't even care where it is in the 22 draft. What about, and I, I have him on several rosters, and I, I always go back and look at my pre-draft, pre-NFL draft rookie rankings, compared to the post draft and kind of see where I was. And luckily and happily, I did have Elijah Moore still ahead of him early in the second. So I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Cause <laughs> it, looked go. a little, it looked a little shaky there for a moment. And now it might get shaky again with Zach Wilson coming back, but I have Terrace Marshall on several teams that they are contending. Trying to move him has been virtually impossible. So I'm looking at Terrace Marshall here pulling up my tears very quickly. Like, would you move him for a Jamison Crowder today? No. But he's I think just, that's kind of the just point. just the AJ packs, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, there. I mean, I, it's funny you brought, I have Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Will Fuller, Jarvis Langey, Robert, uh, woo, Robbie Anderson, uh, Galladay's mixed in there. Would you, what about Corey Davis? I would take Corey Davis. And then, like, all the names you mentioned, Brian Edwards is lumped in there. Yeah. Rondell, Rondell Moore's almost at that point with Terrace Marshall. Outside of one play, really, I, and 11 targets for negative yeah. 11 air yards last week, or 11 receptions. But that's kind of, like, we're, we're pretty low from the preseason expectation. We didn't need him to be a superstar this year, but needed to see a little bit. I, like, I don't know what player you could get for him. Uh, running back Naheem Hines, could you even get him? I don't think. I 
Kenyon Drake. Like, like that's where we are. And then a lot of people, a lot of people are going to sit here and listen to this and say, well, at that point you just hold, but like you said, what's the future like? Honestly, like, I don't think Amon Ra St. Brown is going to be a good fantasy wide receiver at all. Like I just don't have any faith in him anymore, but he will at least give you six or seven points a game. I don't know if we will ever see that at a Marshall. And I don't, like, think that's a hot take. I just think that that offense, how it is, how we know how it's going to be with Cam, I don't see it improving. And if you want to wait for a year three or year four breakout, so be it. But I'll pick a second-round wide receiver next year and have the exact same value then. Agreed. Agreed. And, and then, really quick, Dan, even if he would hit in year four, year five, you're still losing that value along the way, right? Like, if you look at it, it's like, hey, Corey Davis was a hit. Yeah. Devontae Parker was a hit, guys. Yeah. But where you took them most likely in the rookie draft or the startup when they first came into the league, they didn't yield a positive return until almost half a decade later when it's like you could have moved them at a slight discount earlier and then, you know, pivoted here or there along the way. So I'm there with you. I think Terrace Marshall is interesting because, again, firsthand experience, I, I can't get anything anything he's very interesting and I, I think mitch broke the seal on the carolina panthers conversation that's going to go deep into our dynasty offseason when we start mm-hmm. breaking into it and we, we're going to get to a quarterback carousel again and we're going to be speculating where everybody's going and you know it's not easy to find a, a quality nfl quarterback never mind fantasy now carolina we have those high expectations on marshall for, for all the reasons we talked about, you're going to have to go back and listen to past Dynasty Theory episodes. But none of us anticipated Sam Darnold being as bad as he was. You know, we like the Carolina offense, the direction they're going in. So now he's out, and I think he's dust. Cam Newton comes in, and I think he's a slight upgrade on Darnold. He's, he's, I think he's made DJ Moore at least back to, you know, okay, hey, DJ Moore is going to help us down the stretch here. I was hoping, you know, Cam liked t- tight ends, and that's where I was hoping for the trembling, but I didn't see it last week. And <laughs> not not the, the amount of uh, targets I was hoping for. So, but Cam, he's a leader. He could run. They could do things. They could win football games. He'll utilize McCaffrey. If they can't find their quarterback in this offseason, he may be their guy next year. And then to Mitch's point, oh, boy, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting a few years for Marshall, and I'd rather go in a different direction. But I don't. I think the Carolina Brass will say, "Okay, let's evaluate this offseason. If we could get another quarterback, then this conversation changes, and Marshall's value could boom." I just, to Mitch's point, I'm not optimistic we're going to get there. Dan, what's something you've been trying to do here? What's a specific move that you've been looking to make? You said, oftentimes you'll blast out five offers built similarly to five different managers. So, what's something that you've been looking at? So there's certain players or and I'll get it. I guess we're probably getting into players later, but I'll go back to my point earlier of looking at my, no, now's the time you can get into the player. Now well, I'm going to get into the player, but I'm going one specific situation here and way back in the preseason, we said, Hey, 49ers, I love their late season schedule. And boy, we watched it be very muddy for a long period of time. So as I'm going through my rosters and I mentioned, Hey, where can I improve rosters? Well, there's one team I needed to improve the super flex position. So, man, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's playing really good. I don't see Trey Lance coming into it. And it's the one league where I have Trey Lance on my bench just sitting there collecting dust. So I went and I had a guy who really wanted Chris Godwin. So I traded Godwin, Trevor Simeon, who I think has solidified his job for this year. And But I'm not really 
I never warm and fuzzy starting Trevor Simeon and Deontay Foreman, who's got a little spike. And I got Jimmy Garoppolo, who I just really, really like down this stretch, along with Mike Williams, who replaces Godwin. I think with Godwin, like, and I like Chris Godwin, but when Antonio Brown and Gronk's there, there's too many mouths to feed. He's not like explosive. It's, it's just there's weeks where Chris Godwin's just he's okay. I'm hoping for a buy low on Mike Williams there, and then I had like David Johnson thrown in. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm very happy in that league starting him the super flex the rest of the way. If, if the Niners for some reason tank or things go bad, I got Trey Lance ready to step in. But I think Garoppolo is a nice guy that you could obtain and buy, and he's got a really nice schedule coming up. The the price point in terms of a pick, I think a second is fair. You know, you're getting, let's say you get Jimmy through the rest of the season. That's kind of the price at this point. I mean, Trevor Simeon, he's, I've seen him go for a little more than a third, not quite a second. Uh, uh, Colt McCoy, he, he's gone for, for a little bit, again, not a second. But Jimmy Garoppolo, with the value he's adding, he's been a player that, I talked about last off season, two off seasons ago, everybody knows that I had him on several rosters and still have some pieces and, and shares left over, but it's nice whenever you have a player like that and you feel like you're stuck with them and they return a little bit of value unexpectedly. It's like, I just put that new pair, new pair, old pair of jeans on. And it's like, well, I, I just found a tenor. I found a $10 bill in my, that's Jimmy Garoppolo this season. And in 2022, you know? Trevor Simeon's not going to be a starting quarterback anywhere. Jimmy Garoppolo. Breaking news. Trevor Simeon is not a starting. Jimmy Garoppolo most likely will. It may not be for the Niners. You know, if if Lance is ready to go, he's going to land somewhere. He's kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater of quarterbacks. He's going to help you win. He's going to manage an offense. You know, he'll sell some tickets. He's a pretty boy. Garoppolo will land somewhere. He, like, this is a tryout for him, essentially, too, to to a point. He's playing well. And he's showcasing himself very well. And from he's going to be one of those guys throughout the rest of the season. I think a lot of people are going to dislike from a fantasy perspective just because he's not a rushing quarterback, right? And that's what people want. They talk about the cheat code and all that good stuff. Well, he's being productive. And whether or not it's Debo and I, you can kill doing stuff after the catch or not, there's no asterisk next to those points. We get the points. They count just like any other points. So I... I think Garoppolo is an interesting one to bring up here. If you're looking for a cheap acquisition at your quarterback spot or super flex spot, you know, Hey, I'm contending, but I have Matt Ryan. He's put up some duds, Ryan Tannehill. It's like, eh, you know, again, we've seen some, some downswings there. Sorry. I'm, I'm reading a comment here as I'm trying to talk and getting all, mixed up here but yeah garoppolo is a good one now something that and i did this earlier and it got mixed reviews in our discord i was kind of i was surprised but i'm a contender i'm eight and three i'm in third place mitch you're in the league i'm top four in points and then there's i think two other people from the discord in the league i move zach wilson i have russell wilson Tua, all my future picks for Mike Evans and Chase Edmonds. And yes, I I do believe it is a more of a shorter term outlook, but with, with the team I have, I felt comfortable with it because I felt like it gave me a better opportunity. And Mitch, you'll say JB, it doesn't matter what you do because I'm taking home the title. That's true. I'm winning that league, but that was, I actually am on your side with that trade. I think trading for Mike Evans in that spot made 
perfect sense. And Zach Wilson's value isn't going to be going up until we see something probably next year. Cause I don't think we're going to see anything for the rest of this year. So it's not going to be until next September when people see him, you know, hopefully he plays well and his value goes up, but throughout this off season, everyone's going to be like, it's just this next Sam Darnold. And, and that's, I, I have it here. The move was kind of twofold for me, right? I'm getting productive pieces. Hopefully Chase Edmonds can come back here, you know, and, and produce for me weeks 15 through 17, because you, God knows I'll be there in week 17 competing for that championship. But the, the kind of takeaway here was Chase Edmonds is a piece. I'm still looking to get thrown into deals. You get the injury discount. He's not going to be the centerpiece around a deal. Like initially that offer I got was Mike Evans for Zach Wilson. And I got Chase Edmonds lumped in. And again, I know, I know it is a shorter term outlook, but with the production that we're getting from Zach Wilson, I'm trying to get back to that title game. You know, value isn't paying my bills, you know? Come on. Second place, Mike. <laughs> that that 150 bucks can pay half of my electric bill next month. Who are you left with at quarterback in that league? Uh, Russ, Tua, then I'm still setting all my future okay. picks. Yep. So you're still solid. Like, you're not mortgaging your future next year. It's not like you, you don't have quarterbacks to fall back on. I mean, Tua, a little nervous, but, I, I mean, he's going to be good for a while. I mean, he, he'll be solid. So I can see that. That's a good win now move without – uh, mortgaging your future so much. But then I also, but there, you know, there is the chance that Zach Wilson is value does bottom out. Let's say we see him the rest of this year and it's just horrendous. Then you score and, big. And, and then, like you said, Mitch, maybe people see it as another Sam Darnold situation. I hope that's not the case because I still have shares of Zach Wilson. I, despite our yeah. pre-draft, me too. I have a lot, <laughs> our pre-draft ribbing based on where he went in rookie drafts. I have pretty decent exposure so I am rooting for the kid and I want him to do well. And one last thing with that team specifically, I'm going to pull my spreadsheet here. One sec. Yeah, that team specifically, Coach Sala better get it together. It's going to be a short uh, tenure in New York. I mean, he'll but be no, good I'm, for I'm, next year. I'm talking about the, the team that matters, my team. Oh, your team. I but see. But I'm sitting with Tua, Russ. I thought we were still it, talking about the Jets. No, at running back, I have Chubb, Hunt, Kamara, uh, there's one other running back, Aaron Jones. I have on that roster. What and they've been banged up, so that running back depth and getting Chase into that mix is, is helpful. We've seen that so much this year. And then a wide receiver. Now I have Hopkins, Deontay, Cup, Evans, and then I have Mr. Waller, tight end. So I feel okay there. But the point of going through all those players, I feel like I have pieces and value that I could still move if I wanted to shore up the the quarterback position, hopefully after this year, but we'll see. All right, Mitch, do you have anybody else here? Any other specific situations? Yeah, I'll mention, I had a really hard time trying to find, you know, one of those older vets that I wanted to go out and get, because like, I just don't like them. Like I, it's they're to the point now to where I'm having a hard time finding the 27 and 20, 28 year old guys that I want to go out and get, but I found one Melvin Gordon. Cause I know he's a free agent after this year. And I don't expect him to ever really return value, but they do have like the second easiest running back schedule coming up and the coaching staff still loves him. I think he's still going to get enough work to be valuable. So it's funny. You brought up Rondell Moore earlier. I'm like, if I have Rondell Moore on a team and I need a running back, I'm okay moving him for like Melvin Gordon and getting someone like Marvin Jones or someone just, you're gonna really? take some. You're gonna take some heat from the Rondell Moore truthers there. Oh, I I know I will, but 
we've seen him in the office. We've seen him in the office without Hopkins. We've seen him without AJ Green. Like, I didn't know it was possible to get 11 catches in a game and not score like 17 fantasy points. Like, it shouldn't be possible, but somehow that happened. And they were doing well. It's not like they were going against a vaunted defense that was like, you know, they were doing everything they can. I think they put up like 30 points that game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, Melvin Gordon kind of falls in line with, you know, Chase Edmonds, even though I'm getting the injury discount there, but Melvin Gordon, he might as well be 50 years old in people's eyes. But if you can get that 10, 12, 14 points, whenever you have a backfield like Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, like I just mentioned, on paper, oh, I'm set. Well, the injuries start to pile up. The COVID protocols kick in. And that depth is critical, and that's what's going to separate and differentiate teams that might lose in their semifinals versus squeaking into the finals and then pulling out the victory just because they had that one extra depth piece. And it's going to come up time and time again. Dan, before I turn it over to you, Mitch, you know I have a lot of J.K. Dobbins. And even on contenders, like, okay, I've been able to sit on him and I'm still hanging around. Nobody wants him. Nope. Nobody wants him. So even on contenders, I'm, st- I'm hanging on to him. You know, I'm not just going to give him away to add one piece, but of course I'm going to shop around cam Akers, Travis Etienne. I have teams with, with all of those guys. The market's I think not there. Even Akers rebuilding Etienne are easier to move than Dobbins because I think Dobbins will always have the, he's not going to catch passes. No matter if he was healthy, if he had a great year this year going into next year, nope. He doesn't catch enough passes and that's how it's going to be with Dobbins. But I'm okay. Keeping Dobbins in all my rosters because I'm like, dude, at his value right now, that's a perfect guy to have. We talked about this specifically and it's an interesting concept. And this is the other topic I wanted to throw in, but thank goodness we didn't because it would have been a five hour long show tonight, but where we sit after week 11 and the value that players have like a JK Dobbins, And the way that value flips upside down in six weeks, Mm -hmm. seven weeks, whenever it is after the the fantasy season ends, like if you're contending, you're probably okay adding to Dobbins to get Chubb, for example. And that's something I did specifically a few weeks back. But once the off season hits, I don't think you could get Dobbins for Chubb. And there's so many situations like that. And at that point, it's like, okay, maybe I kind of lucked out that I couldn't move them because it would have been at a discount. But the injured players, uh, young players that aren't producing, like a Trevor Lawrence, we talked about him today uh, for quite a you know, a lengthy discussion. It's like, what are you getting for Trevor Lawrence right now? If he's my quarterback three and I'm trying to upgrade somewhere, I'm hanging on to him just because the market is not there you're getting significantly more in return for Mac Jones than Trevor Lawrence. I've tried to move Trey Lance. Or let, let, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Mitch made a face and he's actually. <laughs> I was like, there's no one giving you on. more for Mac Jones. <laughs> you were getting significantly more for, I think, their the production value versus their trade value, I think. Because Mac Jones, he, he's still only getting 16, 17, 18 points you know, at best, but you're getting a better return, I think, based on what we've seen. And I'm still probably completely freaking butchering that. 
you know, the, the way I'm saying this, but in my head, it's, it's, it all it's, makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense here. But again, it's almost 11 o'clock. So I don't even care. And I'm blaming Dan and, and I'm blaming your kid too. It's your kid's fault. <laughs> I'll have a talk with him in the morning. We'll have an intervention, <laughs> but you know, I'll, Hey, I'll, th- I'll throw you something good here being that I, we're stretching this late. So here's my list. I'm going to zip through it and I'm going to end with my, my most strategic one last. And it's probably, it's not even the shiny one. All right. Hey, Michael Carter's broken. I'd love to get him now that he's broken. Maybe, maybe now's the window. Okay. Time, time, time. I got it. Haven't you spoke enough? I know. I know. Right. I haven't shut up. Listen, you make me wait. All I do is think during the day. I told you, I just lay there thinking, Mitch, you mentioned that you might be looking to move Michael Carter here. Yeah. And now Dan's looking to acquire. What's your what's your thought process there? My I not want, to say either is wrong or right. I just wanna No, it's just I want to move Michael Carter now that I think his value is getting really high. I don't know what it's gonna be like next year. I don't know if they're gonna bring anyone in to compete with that backfield because I don't think Ty Johnson is a good running back. Sorry, Twitter, just facts. But and so now Michael Carter hit that value that I wanted. I used a late second round pick on him. Now he's probably a early second round value. If I could add to that and get up to a Dobbins or to an Acres, then I'm happy because then I turn Michael Carter into Acres somehow. That's a deal for me. Let's see if we have a league we where we're in together, we Mitch, and we can work something out potentially. I do like Michael Carter. I mean, you guys know that. It's just a bet on talent for me, and, and he he did come through. I could see the Jets bringing someone in. You know, I don't see him in like a Jonathan Taylor class where he could be the bell cow guy. I think he could take the majority of it, but he's not the biggest dude out there. Um, but I do like him, and again, I'm looking for windows where maybe someone in, that's contending has him and says, okay, wait, he's injured. Maybe now's the time where I could obtain him. This is a long shot, probably won't happen, but I'll try. Kyle Pitts, Atlanta's down, he's down, the production's not there. It's, it's worth a try. Lots. You got you, you gotta aim lots. for this, you gotta aim for the moon somewhere and hope to land amongst the stars. But then I mentioned okay, again, things that change. Clappers out, looking for an uptick in offense. I will look at some New York Giants players, whether it's Galladay, Tony, Barkley, you know, try to get a little bit of an uptick. I mentioned the Niners. You know, I love the way Ayuk's playing now. He's coming around. Kittle's, you know, probably can't get a Kittle, but I'm going to try to get those Niners guys down the stretch. But my last one that I like the most, and it's the least attractive, and I think it could help you win some games, I traded for him in one of my leagues a few weeks ago. We're talking about the schedule coming up. Week 14, I have Tua in a lot of leagues. He's on a buy, and I'm glad. I'm glad Mitch brought up Mel- Melvin Gordon because I think he should be looking at the Denver Broncos right now. On Week 14, when the Colts are off, if you've got Wentz or Jonathan Taylor, if you've got two in Miami, if you've got Mac Jones and Damian Harris in New England, you got the Eagles found their running game. You got Miles Sanders or whoever it may be, Jalen Hurts. How hard is it to get Teddy Bridgewater? And guess who they're playing Week 14? Sorry, Mitch, but the Detroit Lions. So I think there's a nice window there to buy some Denver Broncos versus the Lions for that week 14, which is going to be a critical week in your dynasty leagues. And there's four really good teams with some stud fantasy players that you're not going to have. Teddy is, he's a very acquirable asset right now. JB, four weeks, he's had 20 some plus points this year. So you put him against the Detroit Lions, I could see that being one of those games. Again, but again, like just from Mitch. a perception standpoint, he's he's boring. He's boring Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but again, 
we're looking to make that push to to win a championship here. And if Teddy Bridgewater could potentially bring that home, I, I think there's a, a move to be made there. Here, let me ask you guys. And the market, the, you know, the well has run dry. Try, try to move Baker Mayfield if you have him. <laughs> try. Oh, my God. I agree. I, Do I, it. I actually made a move to acquire him because I was also getting Ayuk and Judy in the deal. And I was like, I, I just want to get the deal done. And I'm like, I even messaged the the person who I made the trade with. And I said, I don't even know why you took Baker. I, I can't stand him for fantasy purposes. And they just said, thank you for taking him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you even think you get anything added to Teddy Bridgewater for Baker right now? Yeah. Well, with like, Teddy, do you? I think, yeah. Yeah. Do you? That, that's pushing it. Not much. The concern is I, certainly... I do think Baker is in like Danny Dimes area now. Worse. Yeah, you're right. It's probably worse. I I mean, I, I have to find the clip because I said two years ago, I said that at when we see Baker Mayfield towards the end of his contract, are we going to be talking about him at that time like we talked about Mitchell Trubisky? And there have been many ups and downs up to this point, but here we are. And he's kind of being talked about how Mitchell Trubisky, but at least Mitchell Trubisky at times has given you high end fantasy. Yeah, at least he was good. This function is coming back to Cleveland boys. It's coming we back. Can keep, we can keep the intro. The intro is alive. We can keep the intro, but uh, even like, like that was another thing I was thinking of trying to move down from like perceived dynasty values uh, to get quarterbacks that are going to help you win. Like, can you move Ryan Tannehill? And I think the answer to some of these is no, but like Tannehill for Car Plus. I don't know if Car's helping you anymore. Ever since, you know, the, the rug situation, it's just. Good point. Fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, it, losing that speed just changed that whole offense. And they're, I mean, they lost their offensive coordinator, too. I don't care what, yeah, they, what you say. You lose Gruden. I mean, you can say a lot of things about him, but he could scheme. So they yeah. lost that. They lost rugs. All right, scrap car. See, that's why I bring this no up. No more car. No, let's scrap him. Uh, right. I mean, I don't think you get Ryan Tannehill or get Tom Brady plus for Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a 44-year-old quarterback. Uh, but, like, my thought process is moving down from the perceived higher-value quarterbacks that there's certainly question marks for these other guys beyond 2021. But if it puts you over the top, maybe that's a move to make. And I didn't want to get too high up the tiers. Like, I'm not condoning moving Lawrence for a Brady plus. Like, I I know a lot of people, you know, they, they have a little bit higher aspirations for Lawrence, uh, Fields, Burrow. So I didn't want to get too high there. But just some food for thought, just to see what, what everybody was thinking about. Food, Thanksgiving, a couple days away. I'm it's concerned a boring about- it's a boring slate on Thanksgiving, isn't if you, it? If you have Tannehill the rest of the way, I, I'm concerned. A.J. Brown has to stay healthy. But, man, there is no offense. They came back to earth this week for the first time. I think they've been playing above their heads a little bit. Worst thing that could have happened to them was losing Julio. You double covered A.J. Brown. Who are you going to? Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of Ryan Tannehill, and I can speak to this. I'm a, I've personally been victimized here. <laughs> in terms of uh, that, what, four-interception game against the Texans. But I'm looking at week 12, and if I have Tyrod Taylor on a team, I am putting him in my lineup over Ryan Tannehill. No, Ryan Tannehill, they're playing the Patriots too. 
So it's kind of a, eh. but I, I just, I think Tyrod gives me the floor and a ceiling that Tannehill's not going to give me, especially this week, but there was a concern there. I have a lot of, I mean, I've joked about this before. It's, it's like the boring white quarterbacks that, you know, it is, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like, I have so much of like the Tannehill, the Ryan, the Stafford, it's like those boring vanilla quarterbacks. And it's just like, now I'm in a pickle in many situations. It, it I am. And there's certain quarterbacks. I'm Tyrod Taylor over Tannehill. Yeah, they have to have the talent around them. So you, like Kirk Cousins is in that boring category, but I'm confident in him. He's right. got oh, JJ. Yeah. He's got Thielen. He's got right. Cook. Tannehill, man, he, you know, they, they raided the cabinets in, in his cupboards, boys. And uh, it's a tough situation. So, Really got to have the talent around the, the quarterback. Man, Mr. Tannehill. Can I move him at all? Do you think I can move him? Nope. He, he is in that list of players' picks that we're, we're, we're trading away. And uh, just real quick, McCole Hardman, Brian Edwards, if anyone's still hot on them, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm, I'm letting go. Hey! You know, LaVisca Le, Le, Chanel, this is a big week with Agnew out, man. Like, if he doesn't do anything this week again, I mean, that's another one that's just that ship sailing on me. And it, it hurts. It hurts right here. Yeah, who would have thought that losing Agnew like would actually <laughs> have fantasy impact? Like that's something that that I wasn't expecting. So. He'll be on the field now. He'll get more routes. He got to throw to someone. I know he could do things when he gets the ball in his hands, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. A lot going on. Final thoughts. All right, Thanksgiving. It's it's right around the corner. Both of you, you're watching your teams play on Thursday. And I, I'm saying I kind of cut Dan off, but it's like it's a boring slate. Oh, it's horrible. It's, it's so bad. And we were saying it on Sunday. That one o'clock slate was possibly one of the best of the year, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought there were, and then four o'clock came along. We're like, this is going to be great. And it was like, eh, maybe I'll take a nap here for a little bit. And I'm going to be napping on Thanksgiving, I think. It's going to be very enjoyable. All right, Mitch, I'm throwing it over to you. What's your final thought here? Uh, heading into week 12, 11 weeks in the book. Yeah, so this is, we brought up all these horrible quarterbacks, right? Like, people are starting Tim Boyle. Like, you don't have to start a quarterback in the super flex spot. That's the great thing, and I think a lot of people forget that. Like, I've seen a lot of people put quarterbacks in buys in their super flex spot just to, like, start a quarterback in. You don't have to. Just put a positional player in. I actually did it in quite a few leagues this last week to where I hated my other starter. So I played a positional piece. You know, you, you don't have the 25 point ceiling. You might only have a 20 point ceiling, but in some of our dynasty leagues, you also don't have like the negative 15 score you could get from Tannehill. Right. You know, those, those interceptions, if they're minus four, they're really picking up. Or if you have uh partial negative points for incompletions and things like that, mm-hmm. sacks that, at that point, it's like, can I leave it empty as opposed to putting somebody in there? Might be a better option. Dan, what do you got for our listeners? I like Mitch's point there. You, you really got to keep that in mind. Don't force the quarterback situation. Although last week, Mitch, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if Dak Prescott or Josh Allen were good choices in my flex either yeah. there. It's amazing some of the struggles in the leagues with even stud quarterbacks. But, uh, hey, Thanksgiving, boys. That's the note I'm ending on. You know, go Cowboys. I I, I pray to the fantasy gods that C.D. Lamb does play to make this, the second game of the slate interesting. I don't think there's any help for the Bears and the Lions. 
Uh, Josh Allen should bounce back at night. But I uh, just want to wish all our listeners, everybody in the Discord, a safe, healthy, happy Thanksgiving. A lot to be thankful for. Yep. Anybody that's traveling, be careful, be safe, uh, and enjoy some some good time with your families. All right. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter at Dynasty Theory FF. In the episode description on YouTube, the podcast feed, we have the links for all the good stuff, the merch, the Discord, the Patreon, this, that, and the other. So make sure you check it out. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Have a great night. See everybody.